lot of people saying the blues, the blues. But I'm gonna tell you what the blues is. When you ain't got no money. Welcome to Row to Play Podcast. I am your game master, Kent Blue. We are an actual play podcast where I play tabletop role-playing games with my friends from all over the world. So if you're ready, grab a player sheet, grab some dice, and let's roll to play. What's up, everyone, and welcome back to Roll to Play Podcast. I'm your game master, as always, Kent Blue. This week, I'm just going to finally, finally talk about Gen Con and all the stuff I got into while I was there, stuff that I bought, just my experience as a whole. Also going to have a few people on here that I talked to about Gen Con and what their experience was like, but we'll get to them a little later in the show and introduce them proper. So, Gen Con. Just a little bit about Gen Con in case you don't know what it is. It is the best four days in gaming it is the biggest tabletop gaming convention in the united states if not the world i know it's pretty close with uh the essen fair but we'll see i don't know i think gen con may edge it out there's the funny numbers around turnstiles and stuff but anyways each year it is held in indianapolis indiana uh this year was august 2nd through the 5th next year is going to be august 1st through the 4th I am definitely going to be there, and I hope to see some of you next year at Gen Con. Maybe after you listen to this, you're going to be like, dang, I really need to go to Gen Con. All right, so first up, I'm going to talk just briefly about my initial impression when I walked into Gen Con. I drove up on Thursday, got there right about the time that doors opened, uh, but by the time I found parking, the crowd had already made their way in, so I got to walk in, I, I picked up my badge, Went into the dealer hall, and let me tell you, I've heard about Gen Con. I've heard about how big it is, the dealer hall, all of that. So I was expecting it to be super crowded, lots of people, just jam-packed, nowhere to move. Uh, It wasn't that. Pleasantly, there was a lot of people. Uh, There was a lot going on. But it was definitely spacious enough where I would never at any of my time there felt crammed in or that I couldn't move or anything like that. And I was there really busy times during the day, but I walked in, there was a lot of people sitting down to game, a lot of people, uh, sitting at the, at, at tables, getting demos. I mean, it got going real quick, real fast pace. And I just, you know, for the first 30 minutes, I just kind of walked around, took it all in, uh, where I walked in, stopped by a really cool kids on bikes, uh, set up where they had a kid on a bike well a a mannequin of a kid on a bike it was so awesome snapped a picture with that because i love kids on bikes so that was cool that was like one of the first things i saw was kids on bikes which just made me feel really good because you all know i love that game so yeah i just kind of wandered that hall which was which had a lot of gaming tables where you could demo games it's where they were going to be running big tournaments uh fantasy flight was going to be running tournaments i know they were going to be doing uh, um, there was going to be like a pandemic tournament going on, all that kind of stuff. A lot of board game stuff was going on in that room. So I checked it out, walked around, looked at everything. And then I made my way into the main dealer hall, which, I mean, there were so many cool booths. Uh, I'm going to talk about a little bit later, like my what I thought kind of booths were going to be there and what was actually there. But yeah, booths as far as the eye could see. And... It was incredible. I loved it. I loved seeing all the games, all the uh, the 
just cool stuff they had. They had a lot of booths that had like movies or figurines, just you know, any of your your desires that you have as a nerd, whatever you're into. Gen Con has you covered. They have video games, all kinds of stuff. So I just kind of walked around, took it in, looked at some dice. Uh, there at the Chessex booth. It was incredible. Uh, and yeah, I, I mean, it, it was so hard for me to figure out where I wanted to go first. Just all the cool stuff I was seeing, but I did make a decision. Uh, I knew, I, I knew some games that I wanted to find. So I looked at a map found where the uh, Magpie Games and Indie Press Revolution booth were going to be and made my way over there. Which, we'll talk about what I bought a little bit later. But it was pretty easy to navigate. You know, I found found where I was going really nice and easy. The, the maps they had there were detailed, told you where you were, laid out how every the, the rows were laid out. Everything had giant numbers above the aisles, so it was easy to find. I made my way over there in like two or three minutes. Easy as pie. So yeah, I got to the Magpie booth and immediately ran into Brendan Conway, who I had just... A week or so before Gen Con was on Victory Condition Gaming Channel uh, talking about Zombie World, a Kickstarter they had going at the time uh, that did real well. Uh, just great Kickstarter, great game. I won't go too much into that. You'll definitely hear it one day on the show. I, I have plans with that game that I want to do uh, that that are going to be part of the show in the future. But yeah, uh, so right off the bat, saw a friendly face. I chatted with Brendan for a little bit, just about Gen Con, what I experienced so far, um, that I was going to meet up with them at the Innies show, which we'll talk about a little bit later, uh, and how all of that went down. Uh, I think I've mentioned previously how I got to attend the Innies and sit with the Magpie folks, uh, all courtesy of Doug over at Victory Condition Gaming, but we'll get more into that, into that more later. But before I get too far into it, I am going to go ahead and we're going to introduce Jessica Geyer. Uh, I talked with her a little bit after I got back from Gen Con. I, I kind of put a call out there to people that I knew or, you know, put a call out there to all the listeners uh, who went to Gen Con to come on the show and let's check. So I've got Jessica Geyer, who she's with Fearlight Games along with Amanda Call. So you've heard of that before. But I had a nice little chat with her about about her gen con experience so i'm gonna drop that in right here and then come back after that and kind of talk more a little bit about stuff i picked up at gen con a couple people that i've met all that cool stuff so but first let's talk to jessica all right and now i have jessica geyer on the show jessica welcome hi thanks uh, so first, we'll start before we start talking about Gen Con and, and what you got up to there. We'll just introduce yourself a little bit. If you have anything you want to plug or promote, go for it. This is your time to say anything. Yeah, I'm Jessica Geyer. Uh, I write for Fearlight Games. We have two RPGs that I've written adventures for. We have Baker Street, which is a Sherlock Holmes role-playing game, and Hood Swashbuckling Adventures in Sherwood Forest. I've written some... Like I said, I've written some modules for them, and it's uh, they're a bunch of really fun games to play. I really recommend you try them out. Yep, we know Fearlight here on the show. Uh, Amanda Call does. I think she's um, art director for Fearlight. Yes. Yeah, yeah, she does a great job on those. Yeah, big fan of Amanda here at Road to Play. So that's cool uh, that we have another connection there with Fearlight. Yeah. 
that's how I learned about the podcast actually is through Amanda. Oh yeah. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yeah. I love having Amanda on. She's always, she's always a fun, fun role player on the, on the show. Yeah. All right. Well, now that we've introduced you and learned a little bit about you, let's talk about Gen Con. Was this, uh, have you been to Gen Con before this year? Was this first year? Cause I have, this was yeah. my first year. So, Oh really? Yeah. Wow. Um, yeah, I have actually been, this was my third time. I went last year. Uh, but then the previous time that I was at Gen Con was back in 2009. It was my first ever gaming convention and I was in high school. Wow, yeah. The, the, this was my first ever gaming convention. And so now I guess from now on, all I will do is expect, you know, enormous, enormous things from them, even though I know most of them are not that way. Right. It's it's so huge. It, it was overwhelming when I first went, but yeah, I walked in and I thought I was prepared because I've been following Gen Con for years through mm-hmm. board game podcasts and stuff. So I knew it was huge. I knew there was a lot of people, but I just I don't think there's a way to be prepared for for when you first walk in there. I, I definitely spent a lot of time lost in that dealer hall my first day. Yeah, I don't even think that I saw everything in the dealer hall and I was there all four days. Yeah. I brought my boyfriend with me and he, he wandered around a lot more than I did. And even on the last day when we were like, okay, we have a couple more hours to go. Let's see if there's anything we want to see, anything we want to buy. He still saw booths that he hadn't seen before. It's gigantic. Oh yeah. Yeah. Uh, I feel like I walked up and down every aisle, but I I don't feel comfortable knowing that I saw everything. I'm, I'm <laughs> sure there's some little hidden gems that I missed out on. Mm-hmm. So what were you going there for? Just just to go or were you there to like to promote anything with Fearlight or just as a fan? I actually was there running games for a different company, Reliquary Game Studios. They have a role-playing game called Clockwork Dominion. It's a Victorian hor- uh, steampunk horror. It is uh, it's played with cards instead of dice. Um, very uh, morality storytelling based um and i ran games from the last year at gen con too it's it's been a blast working with them were you i mean well one those are keywords that that i like story game and you know kind of horror and steampunk so i've jotted that down to look into um were you running at the booth or did they have did they i know a lot of publishers get like a side room to run games in um so where, where were you running at we were running in a in a room. Uh, we were actually by the will call in Speedway Hall. Uh, so we had a room. We were with other people. Um, I think the other people who were in there that weren't with our company were some cyberpunk players. At one point, someone came in asking about a Witcher RPG that was being run in that game. So I think we were in the steampunk... <laughs> horror type fantasy room uh but we were there and they had some demos going on at the booth too but i wasn't involved in that yeah i think i played one demo over at the monty cook booth uh of predation is it's about all the gaming i got done at gen con because i did not prepare very well oh (laughs) yeah that's how i was my first time too i i didn't game at all i just ran games really um i did a couple like little card game demos uh, but I was really there so I could be a game master. Yeah. Uh, how many games about how many games did you run? I mean, were you pretty busy running it or did you get get quite a few breaks? Um, I guess, like, what was your workload? I had four games throughout the week and uh, they were about four hours long. 
And so I did one on Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. So it's not like my schedule was super busy. Uh, I would do that. I would wander around the exhibitors hall, uh, maybe grab a couple demos, see what there was, watch a concert. Uh, my favorite person to see at conventions is Dan the Bard and sing along with his songs, um, look at people's cosplay. Um, so it's not that I didn't have time to play a lot of games, but after you run a game and it's four hours and you're you're trying to terrify and entertain your players, I'm, I'm just physically and emotionally exhausted after, and I, I really don't have a lot to give as a player afterward. I really enjoy being a game master. Yeah. I don't want it to make it sound like I was being worked like a like an animal. <laughs> right. No, I get exactly what you're saying. Uh, game mastering for me is, I mean, there's a lot of lead up of preparing and worrying that maybe people won't buy in. And then you kind of have the high of running the game. And then, it, you know, for me, sometimes it's a hard crash after, after it's over. And it's like, you know, so I would imagine just walking around is what I would want to do, do as well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's exactly my experience. Yeah. You, you mentioned the bands, which is something I was not expecting from Gen Con, but was a very pleasant surprise. I think I stopped and, and watched quite a few of them that were that were playing. Yeah, they're so fun. There was a Klingon band going yep. on. Yep, <laughs> I, I remember walking by them and uh, stopped and watched them for you know probably a good five or six minutes. Yeah, so fun. I, I just love all the creativity that performers come in with. Uh, And not just Gen Con, of course, but other conventions, too. But Gen Con's great because it's so many people from around the country um, playing all sorts of different kinds of music. They're steampunk, like people all dressed up in that Victorian steampunk style. And then the Klingons were there and medieval type and Renaissance type. And there was there were uh, uh, people dressed up like... um, dressed in that kind of bohemian style uh and there was a deadpool cosplayer dancing with him i don't know it was, <laughs> yeah, it was super I was gonna, weird i was about to say and and the thing that's always nearby is somebody dressed as deadpool like <laughs> yeah. inserting themselves into their performance which which i totally loved yeah very very funny I, we I, we must have been watching the the like bohemian bohemian dancers around the same time because i, I vividly remember there's the deadpool just hanging out, like leaning up against the wall, and would go up and dance with them at uh, at times. So yeah, we must have been. Mm-hmm, must have been crossing through at the same moment. Yeah, <laughs> that's a, that's another really weird thing about Gen Con too. Is if you know anyone in gaming, or you know anyone who lives in Indianapolis, you're probably going to see them somewhere in the crowd. I'm always shocked at like I can't believe out of all these thousands of people, I saw you acquaintance that I met at a LARP once <laughs> yeah yeah there's a board game group that i was going to close to me um for a while and i just i ran into the guy that organizes that i'm like out of all these people here i just randomly walk up on you standing here by this booth uh, like he was just chilling out and it was just amazing <laughs> to me that yeah like you said out of all those people you find somebody that you know mm-hmm. uh so for me gen con this year because it was my first um was kind of a i guess I was going there to, to buy stuff, really, was my main goal. Uh, I had a little bit of networking I wanted to do, and I did that. I met up with Alan Barr of Gallant Night Games and, and talked to him for a little bit. But um, for me, it was mostly about finding stuff that I wanted to buy and buying it. Did you have anything that, like, did you go there, like, looking for stuff to buy anymore or anything like that? Not 
not really. If something catches my eye, I definitely will. Uh, the first time I went to Gen Con, I went there specifically so I could buy, I could play D and D fourth edition and I could buy all the books. Yeah. <laughs> I know. I know. Um, <laughs> I look back on that fondly. I was so young and innocent. Um, but now it's only like I'll run through and I'll see if there's something that I that I like, maybe something that I missed while I was at Origins in June. Uh, but yeah, I, I have so many games right now that it's it's really hard for me to justify buying more. Inevitably, though, I walk out with a bunch of dice and some jewelry and if I see something like that's been on sale, like Green Ronin does sales at at Gen Con a lot with really good deals. Um, last year, I bought the A Song of Ice and Fire role playing game from them. Nice. Um, or if there's a game that I that I'm really hyped up for, uh, I'll buy like Cthulhu Confidential. I bought last year, but this year there wasn't anything that I came with a specific mind to buy. Yeah. So. Let's talk about jewelry for a moment, uh, because that is something else I noticed as a first timer is uh, just the kinds of different boots. A lot of jewelry boots, a lot of like co- like stuff for cosplay, yeah, um, just uh, stuff I wasn't really expecting, but but was really cool. Um, like, what type of jewelry did you did you pick up? I was getting a pair of earrings, so I got um, more earrings. Um. I I want to say I'm I'm trying not to mix it up with something I got elsewhere. Uh, just a pair of those those little. Did you see those little book pendants that people were buying or and selling? They're little um, miniature book covers. I think I think I did. That seems yeah, familiar. There are jewelers who do that, um, and you can get them on a necklace or a keychain or earrings. Uh, so I picked up a set of earrings, um, some pins, like some some uh, ceramic pins to put on my bags. Um, yeah, just just uh, some D twenty stuff, just stuff like that. Yeah, one just thing, general nerd stuff. One thing I kept coming back to, uh, just. The, and almost if I if I'd had the money I would have bought was the utility the utilicilts yeah. I guess they're like I mean it's something I didn't know I wanted or had a desire to have but I saw them and saw so many people like wearing them at the show that it really kind of uh, just fascinated me and I really wanted to buy one but I had spent all my money on on role playing games at that point yeah a lot of a lot of guys wear those around and i just wonder because i would never want to wear a skirt to a convention because it's august it's hot it's muggy i don't know what these guys are are wearing underneath these utilicilts but i can't imagine (laughs) that the the body chafing must be horrible that's true yeah yeah that's true i probably wouldn't probably i don't know i guess i'd have to get like some leggings or something to wear under yeah, I, I was thankful that it, it wasn't super hot at Gen Con because that's one thing I worried about. I know where I live. I mean, I'm close enough to Indianapolis. I know what August is around here, mm-hmm. and sometimes it's very hot. So that was definitely definitely pleasant surprise for me. Or well, pleasant. I was happy that it wasn't super hot. 
Yeah, it was mild. Yeah. For August. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> um. So, yeah, is there anything else you got into or want to talk about specifically? I mean, I kind of ran through my general questions that I that I have prepared, but, I mean, if there's anything else you want to talk about, let's do it. Uh, it's always really fun to meet up with people and go out to eat afterwards, uh, go to the you're like when you're right downtown at the convention center, you can go to some of the nightlife. You can go to that, the, the food truck alley that they have set up in front of the convention center and just gorge yourself on, on all sorts of fair food because convention calories don't count. <laughs> so that's always something I look forward to is yeah. the congeniality. Yeah. The amount and, of food trucks just blew my mind. Yeah, so many different kinds, too. I had really good fish and chips right before a game. It was awesome. Yeah, so that's you, always what oh, I think go, of. Sorry. Oh, no, go ahead. No. Yeah, just I just think of the food when I when I go. <laughs> I'm going to get some food truck stuff. Yeah, I think next year I, I'm saving up specifically just for food trucks. Like just section off a portion of my money that would go just to that. Yeah, there's a restaurant. I cannot remember the name of it. Because I went there for the first time. There's a restaurant, The Ram. Yeah, I, I think it's The I Ram. Walked, yeah, I walked by The Ram, which I think I've, I think I must have heard it. Heard, heard somebody talk about it before because I recognized it when I walked by it one of the days. Yeah, they have a, a gaming themed menu. Yeah, that's the one I'm thinking of. Yeah, like they they really like. Um, I guess they kind of go all out for Gen Con. Like they change their menu and, and a lot uh-huh. of stuff to to appeal. I guess appeal to that crowd. They had um, X-Men, the original X-Men movie, playing on TV. They oh, had wow. Iron Man 3 up on another screen. They had a lot of cool stuff going on there. Uh, that was one of my highlights for food. Yeah. It was a, I guess the food was good if it was your highlight. Oh, the food was pretty good. Yeah. I was mostly excited about the, the names on the menu and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> I will definitely have to check that out next year when I go. Mm. Well, hey, Jessica, thanks for thanks for coming on and just chatting about Gen Con with me. I like hearing uh, different people's stories about it because it was my first year and to hear, hear from somebody who's been there a few times and kind of how it's, you know, I, I imagine our experiences are very different because you've seen it all, you've experienced it all. So your, your pace going through there is probably a lot different than what my pace was. Yeah, it's so exciting for you that it was your first time. Uh, maybe next year we'll see each other in the crowds. Yeah, definitely. I, um, I know how to do Gen Con better next year. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, as we wrap up, why don't you go ahead and just um, just talk about anything you want to again, promote anything you got going on, and then and then we'll close out. Yeah, make sure to check out Fear Light Games, and you can find my random tweeting. At, I'm at Joska, J-A-W-S-K-A. All right. Well, again, thank you very much for coming on and chatting about Gen Con with me. Thanks. Bye. So there I was at the Magpie Games slash Indie Press Revolution booth, uh, looking at all the books, the Bluebeard's Bride books, uh, Mass, A New Generation, just all kinds of books that I wanted to buy. So first thing I did was grab the Book of Lore for Bluebeard's Bride, which was coming out in print there at Gen Con. I don't think it had been offered for sale yet on the website, so I snatched it up, bought that, headed on over to the Indie Press Revolution, bought Spire in hardcover, which is something I wanted. I'd already had the PDF, but I definitely wanted Spire. Also snatched up a copy of Worldwide Wrestling by Nathan D. Paletta. Uh, grabbed a Cozy Den by Kira McGran. 
Monster Hearts 2 by Avery Alder, uh, just a bunch of other books. More books than I could handle. Paid for them, bought them, and spent just a ridiculous amount of money in my first hour at Gen Con. So, yeah, uh, it was great that time just looking at all these books. Indie Press Revolution had just a ton of books. Uh, I could have bought so many, so many more if I'd had more money. And, I mean, honestly, these books all going to be run on the show. Already got plans to run them on the show, which actually you just heard Spire before this. I uh, hope you enjoyed that. Spire was great. The book is beautiful. I got plans to run a cozy den. Uh, can't wait to get into all these books that I bought. And and what I mentioned isn't even all of what I bought. I probably bought four or five more books just at that moment. So after that, I didn't have a whole lot of people that I wanted to meet up with or planned to meet up with. I wanted to meet up with a lot of people, but there's just a few people I planned to meet up with. And one of those was Alan Barr of Gallant Knight Games. And I knew that his booth was pretty close to the Indie Press Revolution booth. So I hopped over a couple aisles and met up with my good pal, Alan Barr. We had a hug. We chatted a little bit about Gen Con. He, he recommended some books to me. And, you know, it was great meeting Alan. Um, I love talking to Alan. Uh, he's been on the show for Tiny Supers. I've played, or I've watched him over on Victory Condition Gaming. Alan is a super nice guy, just in- incredibly thoughtful and kind. And in person, he was all of those things times 10. Uh, it was a fantastic moment. A real highlight of my Gen Con was just getting to meet Alan. So that was great. Um and, you know, hopefully next year I'll plan better and be able, to be able to actually have time to spend more time with Alan, play a game with him. But we'll definitely, definitely do that. So after I talked to Alan, I looked around at books in that aisle, you know, saw a few that I wanted to get, but held off because I knew my next stop that I had to do was get over to the Chaosium booth. Because I don't know if I've ever told y'all, Call of Cthulhu is my gateway into this hobby. Call of Cthulhu is the game that first grabbed my attention and I first first ever GM'd. I had played a couple games of D&D first, but my first GMing experience, which I guess technically my first time being a keeper, was with Call of Cthulhu. So Call of Cthulhu holds a nice, nice soft spot in my heart. So, yeah, I had to find the Chaosium booth because following Gen Con and all the other conventions they go to, I knew that they had all their books on sale uh, just at great prices. So I headed on over there and I picked up a few. I picked up Down Darker Trails, which is an Old West supplement or source book for Call of Cthulhu. And I also picked up the Two-Headed Serpent campaign for Pulp Cthulhu. Both beautiful books. Chaosium has, I mean, really over the past couple of years, just overhauled everything about their company. And they're putting out just fantastic hardback copies, editions of all their books. So high quality stuff that I picked up. Um, I saw Paul Fricker there, uh, of the good friends of Jackson Elias podcast. He was actually one of the authors of Two-Headed Serpents. Didn't say hi because I was too nervous and he was he was uh, talking to some other people. But saw him there. That was a cool moment of mine just being able to, you know, to to see one of the one of these people that that helps write a game that that I love and hold dear to my heart. Uh, but yeah, after that, I just kind of wandered, you know, just to see what was there. I I picked up pretty much everything I planned to pick up. So now I was just in 
let's walk around, see if anything jumps out and grabs me. So I went by a bunch of booths. I went by the Fantasy Flight booth because I do enjoy board games, uh, which they had a long line there, which I expected. I knew how it was. They have a lot of cool stuff. They're debuting at Gen Con. So I just kind of looked at the glass cases they had on the outside, saw the new you know, kind of materials for Arkham Horror 3rd Edition, which excites me because I love Arkham Horror. Uh, and they had a lot of other stuff going on. I went by the CMON booth, cool mini or not. Uh, they had a giant area for playtesting their games and such. Uh, it was just incredible. These these board game companies just had these huge booths just with tons of games there. Um, oh, another thing that I did, I actually went by Monty Cook booth and got a quick demo of uh, Predation for the Cypher system, which is by uh, Predation is by Sean and Germain. It's like... Well, it's it you te- you play people that have traveled back in time, and so you're interacting with dinosaurs and everything. It's really cool. Uh, I had a nice little adventure of going and searching for this beacon. I rolled probably four natural ones, so my character was not very good, but I still had a great time. The the gentleman who was running the game was just a fantastic GM. It was just a one on one on one session at the moment. I think they had just wrapped up another. Uh, another demo and I just got in there and he's like, Hey, you want to go through this? So like, sure. So I played through, through that, uh, really liked the cipher system. I'm going to have to pick that up and pick up predation because just fantastic game. And I loved just everything that I, that I experienced in that short, quick demo. All right. So I've talked a bit here. I think it's time to, to drop in another one of my chats. This time I'm going to drop in, uh, Drop in a chat with Evan Saft of the Rollout Podcast. Uh, Evan answered the call uh, whenever I was looking for people to come on and talk about the show, and he was kind enough to come and chat with me for a little bit. So I'm going to drop that in here, talking with Evan Saft of the Rollout Podcast. All right, and now I am being joined by Evan Saft, who was also at Gen Con this year. Evan, uh, hey, welcome to the show. Howdy. Thanks for having me. So, Evan, let's just talk a little bit about first about who you are, and then we'll kind of get into your Gen Con experience. So just introduce yourself, anything you got going on that you want to promote, any of it. Um, hey, uh, I'm Evan. I am the uh, your friendly neighborhood GM on the Rollout podcast. Um, I also design small games because time is fun. Uh, so... You know, you might have seen either my satirical parody of uh, Ready Player One or the game I made for Pride this year, Be Gay, Do Crimes. Oh, I, I have definitely seen Be Gay, Do Crimes. So, I, yeah. um, I think Grant, how it, I, I think that's where I saw it. He retweeted that and or yeah, tweeted that, about it. Yeah, that's where I, I saw it and, and looked into it. Yeah, that was uh, that was real exciting. <laughs> <laughs> So that is, I mean, Grant Howard was uh, tweeting about it because it's um, it's kind of a hack of Honey Heist, right? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. 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 Uh, it's you know when you when you come and you're just like, man, I want a game about being criminals and about being two things. Oh right, Honey Heist. <laughs> that is true. Uh, <laughs> All right, so um, now that we've got to know you a little bit, kind of talked about stuff that you that you do and that you're into, um, let's talk about Gen Con. So mm-hmm. how many times – is this your first year at Gen Con? Yeah, this was the uh, the first time I, I managed to make it out there. Um, it's a crazy big convention, so I was a little worried. But yeah. uh, 
you know, it, it really exciting. Yeah, it was also my first year. I live, I live, you know, just a few hours away, but I've just never been able to make it work. But this year I was able to make it work. It was my first time. So, yeah, walking into it, uh, I, I had an idea of what to expect, but I was not fully prepared for what I, for what it was. <laughs> Yeah, it it gets intense. Yeah, yeah, I, I got lost just in the dealer hall a few times. Couldn't 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 orient myself as to where I was. So it was a fun experience. It's a bit of a labyrinth. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But by that by the end of the second day, I had it down. I, I could have told you where any where any booth was. Nice. Yeah. So what were you going there for? Just to go? I mean, uh, were you promoting your podcast or anything like that? Um. It was mainly for the experience, you know, every now and then you talk to someone who's like, oh, hey, you have a podcast, I have a podcast, maybe at some point we should hang out and do podcasty things together. Um, but really, it was just a case of, you know, I, I've i not really been in the tabletop community for that long. Like, I've been playing tabletop games for, uh, you know, nigh on a decade at this point, but hadn't really uh, reached out to see what it was like to go and hang out with all tor- sorts of people who do these sorts of things. Um, and then I was able to, uh, I ended up being a game master for uh, Monty Cook Games. So it was like, I guess I have to go now. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, were you running at the Monty Cook booth or were you running off like, do they have tables? Because uh, I know I stopped by the booth and, and you know got a little demo there of, of predation. Yeah. So um, most of the companies seemed, uh, had a, uh, like had their demo booths and then they had secondary rooms for long term games. Um, so I ended up running, uh, their sort of kids game, No Thank You Evil. Yep, and I, I have that for, for my kids here at home. We've played it a couple of times. It's, I really, really enjoy that game. Oh, absolutely fantastic. Yeah. Like, possibly the most fun I had at Gen Con was, was running that system for, you know, a, for what turned out to be a doubly booked table of just full of kids and their parents, and it was so much fun. Um, and then um, they also had a uh, more generic cipher system adventure uh like not in any of their settings but um and this was one of the really cool things is that because it was a convention they did you know a kind of massive interlink game so there were six tables six gms uh i'm doing math and i'm coming up with 48 players um all running through basically uh an invasion of star killer base and wackiness ensued wow that's i you know I, i've never played in one but i like the idea of a multi-table games i know there's uh i know call of cthulhu has one called gatsby and the great race which which is played through mul- multiple tables i've always heard about multi-table games uh it's it's it's, it's a concept that really fascinates me and i'd really love to try out I, it seems like so what are the challenges that come with gming that because i imagine there would be some um Mainly, it's it's a lot of thinking. I mean, even more so than normal jamming, it's a lot of thinking on your feet. Uh, just because, you know, at any point, the, the I guess actually, slight correction, seven GMs because there's also one coordinating GM running back and forth between tables, like relaying messages or saying, you know, oh, now this thing has happened and everything's changed. Uh, 
people getting up and moving between tables. Uh, so really, it's 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 kind of the uh, the extreme of your improbability, just because you need to be able to, you know, handle whatever the imagination of five, six other people and all of their players have come up with um, and adapting to whatever changes, you know, at, at, um, at one point in, in the one I was running, uh, we actually ended up combining tables because so, you know, slight premise here, you're all invading this big base and you're going to different areas, but one team decided they were going to go and join another team so we had two GMs sort of going back and forth between two tables as they're both in the same area. And then a third team coming in. So at that point, I'm running all around, coordinating between three different groups of players and just trying to give them the most wacko, big explosion finale that, that they can get. Wow, that that I mean that just sounds incredible. Just you describing that little bit of it, uh, I can only imagine like being in, in that environment and being part of that game. That is definitely something I'm going to have to look into for like next year when I go to GenCon. Is getting in, but one thing I'm going to get in more games because I didn't play a single game other than that demo, just because I didn't coordinate anything very well. But yeah, yeah, it's it's funny. Um, you know, I I. I went to PAX Unplugged last year, and that I was just game straight on through. But Gen Con, surprisingly enough, um, it's it's there's a lot more. Uh, I think you can get a lot more mileage out of uh, seeing people and um, sort of hearing what people have to say than necessarily just going through and playing games. Um, not not obviously not to be smirch playing games, but there were moments where it was like you know because. I didn't know this whole ticketing event thing, so I bought stuff that overlapped. And I was like, oh, do I want to go and see these people talk about the neat things you can do with games or, or, or demo a game? And, and I think there's, a, there's an interesting dichotomy there of um, how much game time you get at Gen Con versus how much time you get to learn yeah. Yeah. I think, I think my biggest barrier was, and it was my fault. I didn't really look into like the ticketing system of getting <laughs> into games and stuff. So, uh, next year, that's one thing I'm definitely know to, to do better is getting either tickets for specific events or generic tickets to, you know, if I can just sit down at a table, but it's just this year, I didn't, I didn't research enough. I'll put it on myself, uh, to, yeah. to understand how that works. Yeah. I, I mean, uh, it's, it's a bit of a complex system. Let's be honest. Yeah. Yeah, I, and I went to like two booths. And I was like, "Is this where I get generic tickets?" They're like, "No, it's a, uh, it's over there." It was at Will Call. I was like, "Well, I didn't ever walk past Will Call except for like midway through my second day." So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I had I had no idea on that. I, I... <laughs> yeah, when I walked by, the line was so long, and people were like, "Yeah, it's never this long." After I mean, they're like, "Of course, when the first show first opens, it's the line's forever long." But it, they said later in the day it's never this long, so I don't know. I don't know what changed between this year and and, and the other years, but it, next year it's interesting. Yeah, it, it seemed like this was a lot of people's first time going, or at least I I certainly interacted with a lot of people who were, 
you know, who showed up and were saying, oh, yeah, this is my first time at Gen Con. And I mean, whether or not that's just because, you know, newbies are more likely to reach out and make friends than just hang out with the people they already know. Yeah. Um, or if, you know, there was just a larger influx of, of newcomers this year who didn't have the same sort of established practices this year. I'd be I'd be interesting to know. Yeah, yeah, that would be that'd be that'd be interesting to look into and kind of kind of figure that out, get the, um, research that a bit. Um. Okay. So you said you you went. You know, you did this stuff with Monty Cook. Where did you go there? Like with an idea to like buy anything? Because I know a lot of people go there because a lot of stuff releases at Gen Con. A lot of new stuff. I mean, probably more so in board game the board game world. There's mm-hmm. new releases, but. I think there's there's some new releases for the role playing game world. So was there anything there you were going to, like in particular to look up? I know I saw your your haul on Twitter, <laughs> which was a pretty 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 good haul, I'll say. Uh, yeah, uh, the the thing about getting a GM badge is it gives you you know that much more excuse to spend money in the vendor hall. Uh, yep, yep. Um, same, same for a press badge. It's like, well, there's <laughs> money that can be turned into games. <laughs> exactly. Um, so there wasn't. There wasn't like one product that I that I went there looking to buy, um, just because uh, my my sort of um, my sort of game plan for these things is to really go into the vendor hall, see what catches my eye, and see what I haven't heard about already, because you know. Uh, I've had some of my favorite games on my shelf or in my library come out of, you know, going to a conference, um, sort of walking around and, and being drawn in by something than necessarily uh, going to, you know, confirm something that I'm already interested in. Now, <laughs> that's not to say there weren't a couple of things that I already had my eye on um, looking at the absolutely beautiful and terrifying Bluebeard's Bride book, which I've been debating for months. But <laughs> that is a game that is near and dear to my heart. So oh, I, I love Bluebeard so much. It's uh, it's an amazing game. Um, whether or not I will have the strength of heart to run it or play it, we'll find <laughs> out. But I've lusted over it enough to decide to pick that up. Yeah, I picked um, up the Book of Lore there because uh, they were oh, nice. they, they kind of released it there um the, the physical version of it so cool yeah um yeah but so i i tend to go check out you know stuff like magpie and um places like indie game press and uh the i'm gonna get the name rhyme the name wrong um indie game developer network i yep. believe yeah uh yeah um just to basically go there because you can get a whole bunch of things that are out there or, you know, really sort of niche. And uh, I'm, I'm not going to lie. Nice thing is that they can tend to be a little cheaper than big brand things. So you can get a bunch of really neat stuff for a lower sort of buy-in. Yeah, that uh, which Magpie was right there with uh, the Indie it, Press Revolution. So that was my that was my planned first stop because, one, I love Magpie games. Uh, and two... I think the thing I was looking for most was a physical copy of the game Spire by Grant Howitt and Chris oh, Taylor. Yeah. So, and I knew IPR was going to have it. So. Nice, yeah. That's a that's a gorgeous book. Yeah, it really is. I was I was so happy that I got there and got it. 
<laughs> I didn't I didn't know, you know, what kind of numbers how many they were going to have, so Yeah, that's fair. Um I <laughs> uh I, I feel sort of silly cuz I ended up um, you know, getting that imported from uh England. <laughs> Just to find out, oh, I could have gotten it here. Yeah, okay. that, that, yeah, I went to buy it whenever they released, and I was like, I was like, oh man, I was like, I don't know that I can pay pay the shipping on that as well. So I started, <laughs> you know, and it just so happened, I think it released around Origins, and I think they talked about that it was at Origins. So I was like, I bet it's going to be at Gen Con. Nice. See, you're a smarter man than I. <laughs> well, I just I just got lucky and saw some some tweets. Yeah. <laughs> um. But, um, anything else you want to highlight about Gen Con that you did or anything? I mean, I've kind of run through through my standard questions that that I had. So. Um, I just, I mean, I, I think uh, I saw a bunch of good shows. Um, you know, there's there's an odd amount of, I mean, not odd amount. There's an impressive amount of talent that shows up at Gen Con for performance stuff. Um, there are a bunch of interesting bands playing that whole time. Like if you're just walking through the expo hall, um, and uh, I ended up going to a bunch of the uh, the one shot network panels, just because. I mean, hey, they're they're quintessential to oh, yeah. the tabletop community. Yeah, and my absolutely sh- fabulous. My show does not exist without the inspiration of, of one shot. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so I actually, I have a question for you that I'm interested in. Yeah, absolutely. So what was your favorite pickup from Gen Con? Um, was it the book of lore or was it Spire or was it something that, you know, popped up and caught your eye? Well, my, let me see. Let me take a look at my shelf real quick because I have a terrible memory for these things and what <laughs> I actually picked up. Actually, what I'm probably most excited about, and I didn't know it was going to be there, uh, it was at the Indie Press Revolution booth, is a cozy den by oh oh Kira oh what's her I'm going to beef her last I'm going to forget her last name Kira McGran and oh, nice. I will edit that together as if I as if I knew it <laughs> without having to look it up <laughs> but yeah, yeah. I, I'd heard about Cozy Den. Uh, I think I first heard about it. Somebody that I know said they played it at Origins. Uh, and then Jeff Stormer ran it on Party of One. So uh, it's this game that had kind of been buzzing. And I thought, well, I'm going to pick it up one day. And I just, you know, that morning, Thursday morning, when I got to the Indie, Indie Press Revolution booth, it was sitting right there. So I grabbed it up. And I mean, that's that's probably the one I'm most excited about because it's something I wasn't looking for at the time. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. So it's a game I didn't even I didn't even know that there was a physical copy of it. I don't think you know. I thought maybe, that maybe it was just a PDF release. So that's I'm really happy to have that. Nice, nice. <laughs> All right. All right. Uh, yeah. So uh, Evan, thank you very much for for coming on and just kind of talking about your Gen Con experience with me. Uh, it was a lot of fun. I mean, I know it's brief, but you know, I like hearing from people, especially that are kind of in the same boat as me. This was our our first our first Gen Con for each of us. So to kind of see how, how it's perceived, I guess, differently by both of us, even though it's pretty similar experience, which I would, I would imagine is probably, probably the same for a lot of first timers. Yeah. I mean, as long as it's positive, right? Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. Nothing. I didn't, I didn't experience or, or see anything bad this, this time. So I'm sure <laughs> it just happened to be, you know, where that, um, and I, you know, I really haven't heard any big horror stories out of Gen Con. So I think that's, a, that's a, that's good for the industry. You know, I know origins, <laughs> had, origins had a lot 
a couple bad experiences around it, but could, yeah, could certainly be worse. Yeah, yeah. Which is small blessings. Yeah, exactly. Maybe, maybe that maybe the tabletop industry is getting a little bit better about itself. Hopefully. <laughs> but yeah, um, again, thanks for coming on. Why don't you go ahead and uh, just plug your stuff again, real quick, as we as we close out here. Uh, yeah. So again, uh, I'm host and GM, uh, or usual GM on the rollout podcast. Uh, currently we're doing a mass campaign with occasional interludes to take a break and look at different systems. Um, you can check out my Twitter at names equipped. If you want to look at weird things I post and or games that I make. Um, all right. Yeah. Thanks for having me, man. Oh, thanks this for coming great. on. Yeah. So Friday night, all because of Doug Shoot of Victory Condition Gaming. Let me tell you about this. I think I've told you a little bit before. Let me go more detailed now. So every year, well, at least for the past year or so, maybe this is the first year, uh, the Innies has done what's called a Dream Date Auction, where essentially there's an auction to attend the Innies with a publisher. Five or six, seven publishers put in uh they offer a seat at their table right up front next to the stage uh prize package they offer all that cool stuff well unbeknownst to me doug had bid on magpie games dream date any auction because he knows how much i love magpie games did this without consulting me without telling me just so awesome just reached just reached it bid on it and won the thing and told me he's like hey you get to go and sit with Magpie at the Indies, right up there at their table. And I just couldn't believe it. I mean, it was so amazing. Thank you, Doug, so much. I've thanked you a lot. I thank you even more now. Um, it was incredible. Just an incredible experience that I will remember. I got a nice picture with the crew of Magpie. It was fantastic. So, Friday night, I did that. I spent a little bit of time honestly lost trying to find my way over to the building where the innies were going to be held. I found the building, but every door I went to was locked and not open for entrance. So after wandering around 15 minutes, I finally saw some people that were dressed up and I was like, hopefully they're going to the innies. So I followed them in, found the innies, got it in easy. Uh, they had a nice silent auction going on. I looked around at that, some really cool auction items up. I uh, didn't bid on anything because just you know, didn't have the funds for it, but I did, I did get a couple drinks from the bar. I uh, walked around just, you know, I took a moment to rest. I sat down and just took a moment to catch, catch my breath because I'd been walking all day. I was tired and then, uh, something happened, which I'm going to go into a little bit later with my final guest, Steven, Steven Rowe, um, of Playground Entertainment. Just, just a, a, a just meeting Stephen just accidentally uh, at the Magpie table, but again we'll go into that. But it had a nice chat with him. He's coming on. He's my last interviewee that I'm going to drop in here in just a few minutes. But the any show. So the Magpie folks got there. We all sat together. They were so kind, so nice. Mark Diaz, Truman, Brenda Conway, Sarah Richardson, uh, Marissa Kelly. Intern Sam, I think, is who is who I sat by. They were all so kind, so nice, uh, so welcoming to to me. Even though they had no idea who I was, we chatted about uh, our dogs, just 
how the convention was going, a little bit about the podcast because I couldn't get myself to just really get out there and promote it. But it was they were so kind and so welcoming and just so nice to me and just just raised my just esteem, I guess, of them. Uh, I love Magpie Games, one of my favorite favorite publishers, and so that was just a dream come true. I am very disappointed that they didn't take home the any for best production values for Bluebeard's Bride because obviously that book should have won that. It should have won anything related to art or just any of the awards. But Bluebeard's Bride the night before did win the uh, Indie Game Developer Network Indie Game Developer Network Groundbreaker Award for best art and best game bluebeard's bride took it both of those so that was exciting to, to talk to them about and and to hear about while i was at the show but anyways the innies it was a nice show had a nice host um i don't even remember any of it i know all that information is online all the winners are online but it's some really cool moments that stood out to me uh harlem unbound which is a call of cthulhu uh, scenario book, uh, source book for, uh, is written by Chris Spivey, who, I mean, it's an important book because H.P. Lovecraft is, you know, had, had, was a racist, uh, for hit by the standards of his time, by standards of our time, he was a racist. So Chris Spivey is a, is a person of color, a creator who came in and turned all those tropes that, or not tropes, all that stuff that H.P. Lovecraft had in his stories and just turned it on his head made just a very important book. And it took home a couple couple silver awards, a gold award, just the energy in the room. Uh, every time that, that book won something, it was just amazing. I mean, it was just, you could you could feel how important those moments were with, with Chris Spivey winning those awards and Harlem Unbound winning those awards. Um, another moment that really, you know, uh, Jason Cordova of, of the gauntlet, uh, his podcast fear of a black dragon won for best podcast, which was cool. Cause I listened to that podcast every time it releases an episode and I really enjoy it. So it was really nice to, to see, to see Jason up there on stage, accepting at the, I believe they won the silver any for podcast. Uh, it was so cool. To, so cool. I got to just briefly meet Jason afterwards, told him congratulations, told him I really loved his, all of his shows. So, and he was super nice about it. Uh, also met Ken height, who was on stage a lot for Delta green, which just took, uh, took home a ton of rewards. I think Delta green may have taken home the most awards of the night, but I uh, got to briefly shake hands and, and, you know, tell Ken height that I listened to his podcast, which was nice. Uh, Ken's a very nice guy. And, I really enjoy Ken and Robin talk about stuff, but yeah, the Indies, it was just, it was such a cool atmosphere. Um, I know that I'm really excited for the Indies next year cause they're kind of going in and revamping how, how it all works, how nominations work, how voting works, uh, because there is room for improvement. Uh, there's definitely was not much, uh, female representation or non non-binary. Uh, it was a, it was a lot of male representation up on that stage. So I know they're really looking at the innies and, and how that process works. So I'm really excited to see how it goes next next year. But like I said, at the beginning of the innies, I met a really cool person, uh, Stephen Rowe of Playground Entertainment. We just chatted for about 10 or 15 minutes, just sat there and talked. So I knew that I wanted to have him on this Gen Con episode. So right now, I'm going to drop that in my chat with Stephen Rowe of Playground Entertainment. Yep. That is totally Playground Adventures, not Playground Entertainment. Uh, that's what I get for trying to remember everything and not refer back to my notes. So, 
that's coming up right now is Stephen Rowe of Playground Adventures. All right, and up next, I have Stephen Rowe joining me. Stephen, welcome to the show. Thanks. I'm really happy to be here. So, first, I'm going to let you introduce yourself, talk a little bit about what you, uh, what you do, um, kind of anything you got going on you want to talk about, uh, and then we'll get into Gen Con. And, and you are one of the, you know, I put out a call to talk to people about Gen Con, and you're one of the few that I actually met with at Gen Con. <laughs> I think there's an interesting story around that. At least I think it's interesting. So Yeah, yeah. It, it was it's kind of one of those weird <laughs> things. Uh, well, well, first, just to kind of uh, introduce myself real quick. Uh, I'm sort of a jack of all trades in the industry. I'm a developer, editor, writer, designer. Uh, I primarily work for Wright Publishing as their lead developer. Uh, and then I also work for Playground Adventures, which specializes in uh, family friendly products uh, and community outreach. Uh, so, but yeah, I mean, you know, I've, I've, I've freelanced for just about everybody, uh, including Adventures League, Cobalt Press, Paizo, so, you know, uh, everywhere across the board. Um, yeah, <laughs> yeah. You had sent you had sent me whenever I reached out to you. You'd send me a resume, and it, I think it was deep. <laughs> <laughs> that that was just like the recent projects. My actual resume, I I, I just kind of stopped keeping track of a year ago. <laughs> it started to get pretty unwieldy, and I felt like I was I was uh, I was bragging too much, and it makes me uncomfortable. <laughs> Uh, so, you know, uh, the, the story was actually pretty funny um, because we were show, uh, I was going to the innies and I was supposed to be sitting at one of the tables up front uh, with my uh, boss with Playground Adventures, whose name is B.J. Hensley. And uh, so I was asking people where she was sitting because there wasn't really like a, a card put out for us specifically. Uh, and I got directed to your table. And so I just kind of sat down, <laughs> assuming that I'd be moved if, if, you know, there wasn't room. And I was later on. But, you know, before that happened, we had a really nice conversation. And it was nice to it was nice to make a connection with somebody who, who especially uh, being there for, uh, you know, like one of the one of the dream dates. Yeah. 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 yeah that, so that that's was- that's why I was there. Um uh, you know, my friend Doug had won the Dream Date thing, uh, Dream Date auction for Magpie Games, and get, and gifted it to me, which was super cool. So yeah, that's really nice. yeah, I spent a good amount of time just trying to find the building that the Innies were in, and then I found <laughs> it, <laughs> and I, lo- I located the Magpie table, and no one was there. So I was like, well, I'm just gonna you know get a drink and and walk around here till someone sits down. 20 minutes later, someone sat down, and I was like, oh, finally, I can go sit oh, down at that table. Oh, good. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, you, know, you know, it's one of those things where, you know, it, it, the, the room opens up about an hour early, but it's mostly, like, for industry people to network and socialize and stuff. And so I'd already made, like, a circuit of the room. <laughs> I was just trying to make sure I had a seat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm just walking around. I don't know anybody and, and just – looking at the 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 auction which took about four minutes uh and then it was just me standing off to the side just waiting <laughs> <laughs> well i i think it worked out really well for the both of us oh yeah uh, like I, said, I had i i really enjoyed that conversation with you yeah it was it was a very nice conversation talk to that you know just about role-playing games and and kind of i get we talked a lot well i always talk about like my favorite parts of role-playing games and how I like playing with new people and all that, which is a story I've told a million times on this podcast. So <laughs> I, I won't, I won't, I won't go through that all over again. But yeah, it was a very nice chat. Uh, it was good way, good way to go into that whole hubbubaloo. 
Oh yeah, yeah. And the Indies themselves was was a pretty nice presentation. You know, I had a, had a fun time there. Yeah, it seemed like that they uh, they kind of stepped up the production values a little bit from from previous years. It was uh, you know, the the sound was really good, and they did an excellent job just kind of uh, keeping things moving. Yeah, yeah, it did, it didn't drag. I think it went just a little bit long, but that was totally just because of speeches and stuff. So they, yeah. you know, at least for the Indies part, they had a nice, well-oiled machine getting through stuff and presentations. So, absolutely, yeah. Which I saw. I think maybe it was this morning where they're kind of overhauling the Indies, like the whole voting process <laughs> and everything. Yeah, yeah. It was, it's so funny because I was, I was, uh, you know, everybody talks about that, but <laughs> I was, very, I very specifically was talking about. Uh, you know the the specific problems that it seems like there might be with the process. Yeah, and it's 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 you know it's just a matter of they've been doing it for twenty years, eighteen years, and and have never altered the process from the beginning. So when it was a lot smaller, it made a whole lot more sense to do it this way. And now it's just now it is the award show. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's nice to see that they've, uh, I guess, become aware of kind of the issues around it and are, are going to work actively to, to, work, to fix that and address them. Yes, yes. Um, so I'm, I'm, for one, am very curious to see uh, what, the, what the changes are going to be and uh, particularly how it might affect me. Yeah. Yeah, it'd be you know Indies. I haven't been I haven't been into role playing games very long, but so I don't know. I you know I don't know a lot about the Indies history or or anything like that. Like I know the basics of where it comes from and who puts it on and everything. But uh, yeah, I'm very interested to see kind of how it how it's different next year. For sure, yeah, I, I will I will definitely be showing up and and watching the news closely. Yeah. So uh, let's talk a little bit about Gen Con then. Um, were you there with Playground Adventures or just kind of there on your own? Um, well, let me start with this because this was my first Gen Con. Uh, I know, I think, what, you're out of Indianapolis, aren't you? Yes, that's correct. So I'm going to guess this maybe wasn't your first in Gen Con? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. Uh, this is, I think, my fifth. Yeah, that sounds right. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, you you've been there, you've done it. You 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 know, it probably wasn't uh, just. I mean, for me, it was just colors and, and a blur of everything. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, it's funny because uh, the the four out of the five years that I've been going to Gen Con uh, are the years that I've been working to you know get into the industry to do writing uh, to freelance to get my name out there. So the first two of those four years was just a frenzy of trying to get my name out there, to try to meet people and network and pass out business cards. Um, and then after I kind of made it a little bit, uh, it was more work. Like, uh, we need you to work this booth and <laughs> run this game. And, <laughs> and so it's, it's kind of gradually just turned into more that, that I, I, I know everybody there already generally speaking um i don't have to like foster connections with people necessarily although sometimes i get a really cool opportunity to meet somebody new um but it's mostly like i'm gonna go work the booth for eight hours today and try to sell stuff to people (laughs) (laughs) uh so yeah is that what you were doing this year were you at a booth specifically yeah i was uh i was at the lone wolf development booth which also was uh partnered with uh five or six different third-party publishing companies so I was representing uh, Playground Adventures, Wright Publishing, but also Cobalt Press, uh, Legendary Games, TPK Games, uh, just to kind of, 
No, I, I know a lot of these people. I've worked on some of these products, so it's I, I'm a good person to have at the table to talk them all up. Yeah. Um, my son's in here. I think he wants to ask <laughs> me a question. Totally cool. My my cat's like prowling around trying to get attention. Yeah, he told me he wanted to come in here. I was like, I'm not running a game or anything. It's gonna be. It's not gonna be very interesting to you, but. <laughs> Well, you know, Playground Adventures. If yeah. you've got any questions about uh, <laughs> any any family-friendly or, or kid-friendly products that we produce, then I'd be <laughs> more than happy to answer them. Well, well, that is something we're definitely going to be looking at uh, because I am just now starting to, to introduce him to role-playing games. So yeah. um, I'm friends with Alan Barr, and they he, does, he has this tiny D6 line, and they just finished up a... Tiny Supers on Kickstarter, which I was following closely. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna start running him through that. Just kind of a bedtime routine for us. Oh, and that's that is the best way to go about it, in my personal opinion. Is just don't bring any systems or anything into it. Just start off as an imagination game. Yeah. Try to train up the the idea that they're playing a role, but they don't get to make the all the decisions. They can just say what they would like to try to do, and then you resolve how it works out. That's once you get that under control, then everything else can kind of be built on top of it. Yeah, yeah. So we're definitely we're definitely going to be looking into more more um, family friendly stuff, you know, as we get into that. Excuse me. <laughs> well, you know, send me an email. I've, I've got I've <laughs> we've got lots of adventures. We got lots of cool uh, product support. Uh, I, my favorite is uh, one that I wrote called Pixies on Parade. Uh, it's out for Pathfinder or uh, 5e, and it's it's specifically for you know I'm a first time GM or I'm a first time player, and I need to be eased into the process, but also not coddled. Like uh, the idea that you get to be a cool, powerful person, uh, but it's primarily going to be based off of imagination. It's all going to be combat. There's going to be problem solving and social interactions, and that be as important as the combat. That's really cool. Yeah, I like that. Uh, you know, kind of introduction to GMing and stuff. Yeah, yeah. I, I that that whole series. I, I'm writing in with that in mind that each adventure out of the three is a is a stepping stone, like a like a 101 course, a 201 course, a 301 course on. I'm a player and I'm a GM. So, you know, the first adventure, very streamlined, simple, kind of a railroad plot, but, you know, with some nuance to it. Second one gives a little bit deeper, more pressure on the players, more of a sandbox and interacting with people and having to, to make important choices. And the third one, even more so, you know, introducing ideas of mystery plots, uh, having to you know, deal with the fact that it's not, the answers aren't just going to be handed to you, you have to work for them. Uh, that that kind of additional level of complication that I think it's really easy for people who have been doing this for ten or twenty years to just kind of take for granted that you know we just we just assume that stuff comes naturally to people and it doesn't necessarily. Yeah, that is awesome. Uh, yeah, I really love that. I, I really love that idea and that approach to it. Yeah, yeah, I'm 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 proud of how it's going. Um, <laughs> kind of kind of waiting for the third adventure in the series to. Uh, be published and then kind of see how well it's received because it's it's just it's that like little bit of a step up from the last one yeah 
All right, sorry. He, he, oh, no, he, he latched. If I stop, it's because he, he's whispering it's something to me. totally cool. I'm, I'm, I'm more than happy to, to, to keep telling stories from Gen Con. I, I wrote down a few of my favorites. <laughs> yeah, yeah. well, let's get into that. Let's talk Let's talk about what your experience at Gen Con, because mine, just to get it out of the way, was walking up and down those aisles <laughs> and on the second day finally learning the layout of the vendor hall. So Yeah, yeah it takes it takes some getting used to it. It took yeah. me days to get through the whole place myself. Uh, well, I'd say that, you know, one, one of the best parts about it is that, you know, I am local to Indianapolis so, and I work downtown, so I get, I get free parking. That means I kind of can provide a, a carpooling service for some of the people that are coming in from out of town. Uh, so I was actually carpooling with Dan Dillon and James Hayek, who are, uh, you know, Cobalt Press. Uh, James, does, James did the Taldori setting with Matthew Mercer. Uh, and, you know, Dan did a ton of work on like Tome of Beast by Cold Press. Uh, so it's, you know, they're, they're really, really great people. Um, awesome human beings in addition to being just amazing designers. So that was like how I got a start and end every day, which just made for an awesome Gen Con experience in and of itself. Uh, and then uh, I, I, think, I think my favorite story from the booth uh, involved the Cobalt Press Noma Beast, uh, kind of sparking up on it because of, of Dan's incredible work on it. Uh, I have, I, I should say, I have like an extremely tiny <laughs> accreditation in that book. Like, I think two of the monsters that I wrote for a different book got kind of copy pasted over and converted to IV. So, so <laughs> I, I, my my name's like in a very small part on the on the credits page, but it, it's. I say that because. I truly believe that if you are a GM of 5e and you do not have Tome of Beast, you are doing yourself a disservice and should pick it up as soon as possible. It is it is the single best book for anyone to use in their 5e game. It's just tons of monsters, tons of wonderful evocative monsters. And the, the, the funny story is that we showed up with like... Well, uh, Wolfgang Bauer, uh, the individual who owns Cold Press, sent us like four boxes of Tome of Beast something like 40 books and we we saw that and we're like oh yeah okay <laughs> we'll, we'll do our best to try to sell as many as possible um but then they just flew off the, the table and uh so we went into sunday with like six copies left and we're down to two after an hour uh and you know the last two copies there was there was two customers who were both like holding them and flipping through them and nothing left on the table and uh, one of them uh, takes it, just goes over to the register and starts paying for it. The other one looks like he's having some indecision and just sets it down. And what was so funny is that as soon as that book touched the table, somebody else just swooped in and grabbed it. Like they'd obviously been waiting and just watching for one of those two people to, to, to make a decision <laughs> and, and, and just gone. Like before that guy had any chance to regret putting that thing back it was it was it was over <laughs> <laughs> and uh and yeah that was that was i think the the best like thing i saw while i was working at the booth <laughs> it was just it was it was hilarious like i can almost see like the the, the guy's face just kind of dropped like oh no i just made the bad decision <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's funny. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, let's see. Other, other like, fun, memorable things that happened. 
Um, well, you, you see a lot of like cool costumes. Oh yeah, uh, definitely. Because you know, yeah, like like you It's fun. It's fun to just kind of be stationary a little bit because it kind of gives you an excuse to people watch, and especially like on Saturday when you know the the parades going to occur. It's just wonderful costumes everywhere, and people obviously put a lot of time and effort into their, their work. Um, the absolute best that I saw uh, was a jester uh, from Critical Role, uh, like the, the new campaign. And she was just perfect uh, makeup and costume, but then also affected the accent and the behavior, which alone would have been enough to floor me. But then on top of that, she, she was handing out uh, little notes uh, that were like the, this like obscure thing that the character did on the show. <laughs> that just <laughs> And I still have it. It's just, it was just hilarious, and it, it completely made my day. Yeah, it's something something I wasn't. I, I guess I would, hadn't heard enough about it. Gen Con was like a lot of like the performance stuff, like the bands. Like there was a Klingon yeah. band and stuff. That stuff I was. I was. I guess I just wasn't aware of. Yeah, they're just they're they're everywhere and they're all there both because you know uh, it's it's a good market for them, but because they just enjoy it. I mean, if you're if you're in a Klingon band, it's it's safe to say that. Yeah. Gen Con is a place that you would enjoy being. <laughs> oh yeah, definitely. And people are going to enjoy you being there too. <laughs> exactly. So so that's that's always a, a lot of fun for me too to kind of walk around and and see. I I, I like uh, going to places where where street performers are really common, just because it feels like you know the, the, there's just music in the air and. It kind of has that feel of Gen Con, except they're, you know, also dressed up like Klingons. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, I mean, whenever you go to Gen Con, do you go to like, like for me, a big, a big thing for me this year was, you know, I went and looking for stuff to, to buy, stuff that I'd missed out on, you know. So I was kind of on a shopping trip. Is that something that even <laughs> like you go to Gen Con for? Uh, yeah, sort of. Um. I, I tend to it's it's weird because you know you kind of get to a certain point in freelancing and people just give you their books so that you can do writing for them yeah uh, and and that you know that makes sense because you if someone's going to be doing work for you you want them to be fully informed so not I, I do but probably not as much as I used to like I, I did purchase uh, pick up some new uh, some of the five ebooks that I hadn't been, uh, that I hadn't gotten, uh, like Xanathar's and Mordecai's, and it's good to have. And I like having hardcovers of those. Um, I also picked up the Taldori campaign setting because, like I said, I'm I'm I was hanging out with James every day, and I was like, and I've, I've been listening to a lot of Critical Role, and uh, I was like, oh man, I should check this out. <laughs> okay, I can totally get James to sign this for me. <laughs> <laughs> Man, speaking of signing things, I knew I was going to be at the Magpie table. Didn't take a single thing with me for them uh, to sign. Yeah, that's, that's <laughs> like I was bad. sitting there with most of the people behind Bluebeard's Bride, which is one of my favorite <laughs> games. Just didn't even cross my mind to take it with me. <laughs> well, but but see, if you if you made connections with them, if they recognize you, I bet if you show up at the beginning of the innings next year and you just come up with them with some books, they'll be like, "Oh yeah, that guy from last year." <laughs> Every everyone is usually pretty super cool about that stuff, and it simply comes down to the fact that we're only Gen Con famous, if that. So, so when anyone is like, "Hey, would you sign this for us?" We're like, 
super stoked about that. <laughs> like, like you're like, oh wow, you've read this thing I wrote. That's fantastic. I will absolutely sign that for you. <laughs> yeah, always floors. <laughs> every, everybody I met there was really cool. Uh, you know, I didn't have any problems at Gen Con, um, so I, you know, I was really pleased with with everybody that I met there because everybody was so nice. Yes, yeah, and it's it's a it's a pretty good community. Uh, certainly at that level, that you know, we all appreciate, we, we all respect each other, and we all understand that we're doing the best we can. And everybody likes everybody else. Yeah. Well. You know, I don't think I have much else. If there's anything else you have, though, go for it. You can talk about uh, whatever yeah, you want. Sure. So. Um, let's see. Uh, I I only got to play one game at Gen Con, uh, which you know is is actually it's actually doing pretty good for me. I usually <laughs> I usually get like one or two out of the entire weekend. Uh, and the game that I got to play was called Shadows of the Demon Lord. Uh, and it was run by James Intracasso and Rudy Basso. Uh, they're from the Don't Split the Podcast Network. Okay, yeah, yeah. Uh, and it was it was just an amazing amount of fun. It's kind of a really dark game, <laughs> like <laughs> like yeah, that kind of like R level R rated sort of game that I, I don't get a lot of exposure to because of the work that I do. Uh, and I could tell that uh, James, who was running it, kind of toned it down even a little bit for us. Uh, but that was great. Uh, another another big highlight highlight was uh, getting to meet Celeste from the Venture Maidens, uh, and they're also with the Don't Split the Podcast Network. And the the really cool part about that for me was that, like, like I was just talking about how you know we when you when you get into the the writing level of the industry, you kind of just throw your work out there and you're on to the next project, and you kind of are forced to forget about it. And so when, when people bring up the work that you've done in the past, it's, it's, it's kind of an honor because it means that it like made an impact to them. Uh, and so she, she specifically brought up uh, the, the Pixies on Parade adventure and said that she thought that it was, it was great. And that, that like, uh, again, that made that day that that was like the, it really stuck out in my mind is it's, it's just the nicest thing. And I, I think I think those are those are all my my <laughs> weird little bullet point notes. Um. <laughs> yeah, well, that's good. That's great. All right. Well, um, we'll wrap up uh, to let you just say, you know, go over yourself again and and all the stuff you want to talk about again as we close out here. Uh, yeah. Uh, so my name is Stephen Rowe. Uh, I work for Wright Publishing. Uh, it's a company owned by Miranda Russell. I also work for Playground Adventures, primarily owned by E.J. Hensley. I do a ton of third-party content for, and you know, first-party content for Pathfinder, Starfinder, Fifth Edition. Uh, I've worked for Paizo, Cobalt Press, Ballman Games, Rogue Genius Games. Uh, stuff that I've got, come, stuff that's come out recently or uh, is going to be coming out soon is uh, Wright Publishing just released a book called Demi Plains Valhalla which is uh, kind of a companion book to the Pathfinder Planar Adventures. Uh, just a lot of cool, isolated Dimmy planes that you can throw into your game anytime you want to. Uh, I worked a lot on Fairy Ring Player's Guide by Zombie Sky Press, which just came out recently. Uh, I did one of the adventures for the Adventures League, uh, specifically uh, Moonshay, uh, called Bloodlust Tempered. It's the third one in the three-part series. Uh, and I just turned over 
some new stuff for Playground Adventures. So uh, I expect that to be coming out soon, but don't really know. <laughs> it's it's out of my hands now, so it's kind of just just waiting for it to hit shelves. Well, very cool. Um, Steven, thank you so much for coming on and kind of chatting about Gen Con and, and just about yourself. Um, yeah, I'm bad uh, at wrapping up things. <laughs> <laughs> totally cool. Uh, I'm very happy to come on. Uh, it was wonderful getting to talk to you again. And uh, yeah, feel free to have me back anytime. Absolutely. All right. And that was speaking with Stephen Rowe of Playground Adventures. Stephen's a great guy. I was so glad to meet up with him just by accident at the Innies. So uh, yeah, it was incredible. I hope to have him back on the show at a future time to play in a game or to talk about Playground Adventures and what they got going on over there. So, yeah, um, the rest of my Gen Con was just kind of spent wandering around the dealer hall, uh, checking out all the booths, looking at the Haba booth for games for my kids. I, um, I picked up some Funko Pops for them. I picked up some Rory Story Cubes, which are amazing little idea-generating dice, essentially. But one other person I got to meet up with at, at Gen Con is one of, one, of the, one of our listeners that has been with the show from pretty much the beginning. Uh, they go by Gwandi on Twitter. Um, I knew Gwandi was going to be there, and so so we arranged to meet each other, and we just had a nice little 10, 15-minute chat. Uh, Gwandi was such a fantastic person to talk to, just real real kind and nice. Uh, it, it was such a pleasure of mine to actually to actually meet somebody who's who's been listening to the show and, and enjoys it and, and is always, always just interacting with with me on facebook so guandi i imagine you're listening it was very much a pleasure to meet you and you know i can't wait till next year we get to to meet up and hang out again you know i'll probably i'll be better at Gen Con as i keep saying so we'll try to get a game in or something next year but yeah um you know i don't really have much else to really talk about Gen Con. i kind of covered it all everything i did it was a lot of wandering around learning the ins and out of gen con but next year next year i'm going to get a lot more done there i'm going to get a lot more games played i'm going to interact with a lot more people so i'm really looking forward to next year and i hope i hope i hope i hope i have run into some of you there uh it'll be amazing we can maybe all have a meetup if we if enough rota play people rota players snap rota play listeners show up we can maybe all get a game together it would be my pleasure to, to run or be in a game with a bunch of Roto Play listeners. So next week, um, yeah, next week is going to, I'm, I'm taking the week off next week. Uh, I'm just going to, I got some stuff I need to do. I'm going to take a week off, but the week after that, we are coming in big with a nice bonus episode. It is Tim Devine is coming on to run, to run a session of the North Sea Epilogues, his game that will be hitting Kickstarter actually on the day we drop the episode, September 12th. We're going to drop it the same day the Kickstarter opens. I can't wait. It's such such a great game. We had such a fun time playing it just here recently. I can't wait to let you all listen to it. It's all going to be just dropped in one episode, so you can have it all. Listen to that. Go out and back the game. It'll be... It, it's, the game is incredible. You can take my word on it. Yeah, so, like I said, I got nothing else for you, so we're going to pack it up and get on out of here this week. So, everybody, get out there, have fun, go to a convention. Even if it's just a, just, just a small one near your hometown, it's such a cool experience. Just go to a convention and row to play.
That's it for this episode. Thanks for listening. Visit Roll2PlayPodcast.com for more information. R-O-L-L-2PlayPodcast.com. Like us over on Facebook at Roll2PlayPodcast. Follow us on Twitter at Roll2PlayPod. Have a question or comment? Email us at Roll2PlayPodcast at gmail.com. If you want to play with a game with us, just hit us up on any of our social media and let us know. And lastly, our music is the intro track from the Spellbreaker EP by Triatachion. Visit soundcloud.com slash Triatachion.